had a good holiday, good Christmas, good New Year. Feel like I haven't seen y'all since last year. I know. It's been a while, ain't it? Uh, but more importantly, I hope everybody got some rest. If y'all had a chance to thumb through this book of verses that I got up here, <laughs> y'all see a common theme in, in the verses that's about rest. A lot of times we talk about how much work we need to do as Christians, how much service we need to give God, how much of ourselves we got to turn over, and how much we need to evangelize, and how much we got to do and do and do and do. We forget that God takes rest very seriously. God wants us to take some time and renew ourselves and rejuvenate ourselves and refresh ourselves so much so that He rested. I don't know about you, but I work a lot. Even on my days off, I work. Even when I take some vacation time, we find ourselves working. I know Carissa does. We're taking some holiday time. We're in the middle of Atlanta at a And she's got to take that call. We all need rest. I need rest. She needs rest. Y'all need rest. We can't work ourselves into a grave. We can't. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 3, God tells us, or the Bible tells us, so the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. And on the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. For on it he rested from all his work of creation. That's how important rest is to him. He blessed the seventh day. Now who knows where in the seventh day is? See, it's not today. It was yesterday. Now a lot of people don't understand why we have a five-day work week. And then we take Saturday off and Sunday off. And it's because... America was founded as a Christian nation and the rest of the world started following suit with what we were doing because it was working. See, Saturday is supposed to be a day of rest. And then the first work day of the week is Sunday and we give that to God by going to church and working for Him. And a lot of people don't understand that. They think, oh, Sunday's the day of rest. I can do all my chores on Saturday. No, you get all afternoon after you get off of work to do your chores. Saturday is supposed to be your day of rest, the day you spend time with your family, the day you renew yourself and rejuvenate yourself and refresh yourself from a hard work week. And then you give the first day of the week back to God. Your first fruits are supposed to be given back to God. And that's why we go to church on Sunday and we worship on Sunday and we fellowship on Sunday. That's working for God. The Bible also tells us to do everything as if we're working for God. So throughout the week, everything you do, you pour your whole self into it. Because God wants you to give everything you got toward what you're doing. And that's a way of honoring Him. And Saturday, you're supposed to rest. And God blessed that day. And made it holy. So holy, in fact, in Exodus 
he sets it up as a permanent day of rest. Chapter 31, verses 12 through 7, tell us that God takes it so serious anybody found working on the Sabbath should be put to death according to the Levitical law. Can you imagine that? Went to the grocery store, now they're going to stone me. Because even going shopping is considered work. Not only are you doing something, but you're making somebody else do something. So you're supposed to have made those provisions the day before so that you didn't have to do that. Thank goodness we're not under Levitical law anymore. We're under Jesus' law, the law of mercy. But God took it serious. And in Leviticus 23, he lays out the Sabbath days and the holy days, holidays for the Jewish people throughout the year to celebrate the start of the planting season, the start of the harvest season, Pentecost, a day of remembrance, a day of atonement when you go and get your sins washed away. God laid all these out and every single one of them have one thing in common. Complete rest. Not just for a day, but for a whole week. Some for ten days, some for two weeks, but usually it's a whole week of rest. And then in Leviticus 25, he expands that to include a sabbatical year Every seven years, supposed to take the whole year off. Can you imagine taking a whole year off of work? It's unheard of in our culture. Oh, what? It's year seven. Oh, we stored up enough for the whole year. And God says, and especially for farmers, when you read it, God says that the land's going to provide whatever grows wild out in the field, which is usually what you've been growing that whole time anyway is leftover seeds that are in the ground. But it could be anything else from berries to anything else from what the animals might have brought you. Whatever grows that wild out there, you can go pick during that seventh year. And that's your food. But a whole year from work. A whole year to rest. And it's something I would love to see happen in America every 50 years after the seventh Sabbath year the next year is a day of complete forgiveness it's called Jubilee year no matter how old the loan is it's forgiven no matter how old if you took the loan out the year before it's forgiven Can you imagine how many people were taken out years in that 48 year? Taking out loans in that 48 year? Might go get me a new house because the two years it's gone. Right? But that was part of their law. Because they weren't supposed to give loans to people who couldn't repay it and they weren't supposed to give, uh, charge interest on the loans either. That's something we don't know about. We, we have interest that fluctuates so much it's crazy but every 50 years and it's set out in their calendars this is the jubilee year coming up forgive the lungs not only debts but any charges you might have against somebody 
somebody had done you wrong, you're supposed to forgive them that year, whether they've asked for it or not. That's a different kind of rest. That's financial rest. That's social rest. That's mental rest. See, most people, when they think of rest, they think of physical rest. Oh, I need to take a nap. You can go to sleep. You can take a day off or take a vacation. There's more kinds of rest. There's the mental rest. There's psychological rest. There's emotional rest. There's social rest. I've had enough of people. <laughs> I had enough of people yesterday in the middle of Walmart. <laughs> and there's spiritual rest. And when you look at Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, Jesus offers us spiritual rest like no one had ever offered before. When we look at it, Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know about you, but when I turn to Christianity, I start finding things to be somewhat more difficult. But usually it's mental difficulty. It's psychological difficulty. It's argumentative difficulty because people want to pick a fight with me, but my soul has found rest because I know the truth of Jesus Christ and I can trust in Him. And if my soul is at rest, it's a little bit easier to face those other battles. But I want you to look at two things that Jesus says here. One, He says, take up my yoke. In order to take up his yoke, you've got to put everything that you're carrying down. If you're carrying emotions from something in the past, you've got to find a way to set them down. And that ain't, that, that's not always easy. Sometimes you need help with that. But you've got to set them down. If you're carrying thoughts that aren't healthy, set them down. If you're carrying burdens of family drama, set them down. If you're carrying financial difficulties, set them down. You'd be amazed at what can happen when you lay your checkbook on the altar and say, it's yours, God, I'm tired of looking at it. And you just trust in Him. And it can be difficult at first, but you'll find it become easier and easier over time because you're trusting in Him. You're taking up His yoke even if it's just a little at a time. But you got to do that first. And he tells us, because he is lowly and humble-hearted, it's a different mindset. And as Americans, we tend to be haughty. Think high of ourselves. got to get better. got to be stronger. And then we brag about it. Jesus says, do the opposite. You get better and stronger, but you don't brag about it. <coughs> care 
better and stronger without even trying. Because God has taken care of it. God has done it. There's nothing wrong with trying to get ahead. There really isn't. God used rich people all the time. Look at Matthew. He was a tax collector. Those people were filthy, stinking rich. The first thing he did was throw a party for Jesus. Look at, who was it, Zacchaeus that climbed the tree? He was a tax collector. And he offered to pay four times what he owed to people. Can you imagine having enough to pay four times what you owe to people? And you haven't already paid that loan off? Haven't already paid that debt off? Now he's trying to accumulate everything. But he can afford to pay four times what he's stolen from people. And God called him blessed. Because he was doing it for Jesus. See, Jesus can use rich people just as well as he can use poor people. Praised the woman with two coins more highly than he praised the Pharisees given their tent because she gave everything she had. And he blessed her. But he doesn't want you to wear yourself out. He doesn't want you to work so hard that you can't continue on. He wants you to find rest. And so he invites you to take up his yoke, carry his burden, be lowly and humble about it, be the person who prays in secret instead of putting on a show in front of everybody, be the person who gives in secret instead of writing the big huge check that they flash all over TV and look at what I know for you. Celebrities do that all the time. Doesn't really make you think any higher of them. The ones who give it the secret, you find out about later, are the ones that you're impressed by. And there are a few of them too. You'd be amazed. But then the second thing he says is to learn from me. See, we don't just pick up the yoke and start plowing the field, do we? No, we've got to learn how. And again, he says, I'm lowly and humble-hearted. He's saying, learn how to be lowly and humble-hearted. Learn how to be humble. Learn how to stay out of the spotlight. Learn how to be different than the crowd. says you will find rest for your souls. That's your reward for that. When you take up his yoke and when you learn from him, you find rest for your souls. Your souls are at rest because you're at peace. You don't have to worry about things when that burden is lifted. That's no longer weighing you down. How many of you ever paid off a loan? 
a different kind of ability. You know that you're not worried about that anymore. That's, that's something different. When you pay something off, you don't have to worry about if you're going to be able to make that payment every month. Now imagine that kind of lifting off your shoulders, <coughs> your heart, off the back of your mind because you know you're at peace with Jesus. Because you gave him everything you had. You took up his yoke. And you learned from him to give, to trust with a lowly and humble heart. <coughs> and I put this last one in there because something that made me think we have so many people who are working and working and working trying to get ahead trying to make something better of themselves or trying to just make ends meet and I've never seen this verse although I've read the Bible many times I've never seen this verse until yesterday when I was looking at this sermon it's Ecclesiastes 4.6 it's better one handful with rest than two handfuls with effort and pursuit of the wind. And while you read all of Ecclesiastes, it feels like such a downer of a book. And you really think about those words. Better one handful with rest. Better have just what you need and rest than have more than what you need still going after the wind, which is unattainable. Take some time to rest. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to turn your phone on. It's okay to leave it on silent for a week and not pick it up. You can answer those text messages later. You can call the person back later. If it's really an emergency, they'll let you know. They will. But you can't work yourself to death. You can try your best to get ahead, but you'll find yourself so far behind in everything else. Take time to rest. Take a moment to breathe. Take some time to enjoy time with family, with loved ones, friends. Have you ever spent time doing nothing? Talk about clearing your mind. But whatever you're doing with your family or friends will actually be non-productive whatsoever. It will be more productive for your heart and your soul and your mind. Because you cleared it from everything that's going on in your life. You've cleared it from your work troubles and your work stress and your family drama and your financial issues. You just set all that to the side for a little bit and you take time to rest and enjoy what's around you. Because when you really read Ecclesiastes, and I would encourage you to do so, you find that everything that the teacher, is what he calls himself when he's writing it, I think it's Solomon, but you find everything that he's saying in there isn't trying to point you away from life. He's trying to point you toward enjoying life. 
we work so hard we forget to enjoy life. There's a whole book in our Bibles about enjoying life. About how we all, rich, poor, free, slaves, whatever, we all end up in the same place. It's right out yonder in the ground, six feet below it. No amount of money is going to keep you out of that ground. No amount of success is going to keep you out of that ground. So take some time and rest and enjoy your life. No amount of debt is going to keep you out of that ground. You can owe money to everybody in the world. You're still going to end up there. Take some time and enjoy life. Spend time with your family and loved ones. Smile, laugh, play some games. Go to the beach. Go ride some horses. Whatever you find enjoyment in. Go do it. If you've got the time and you've got the resources to travel, do it. I'm not saying go in debt up to your eyeballs trying to make all that happen. I'm saying just take some time. Within your means. It's okay. Got some extra time off that you haven't taken at work. Use it. Find what we can take off. If you just sit at home, spend time with your loved ones, that's fine. Or if you go somewhere. But you need rest. We all do. And when you know somebody else is trying to get rest, let them rest. Don't forget that we all need rest. We all need a moment. That we all get a little stressed. Because we're all human beings. God took it so seriously. They set one day aside and said, if you don't do it, it's in the law to kill you. I'm so glad we're not under Levitical law anymore. <laughs> but he took it that seriously. That you need to rest. You cannot keep working. You cannot. Take a moment and spend some time with your loved ones. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessings you've given us and this message that you've given and a reminder that it's so important that we try and find rest and that the best place to find rest, especially for us, O Lord, is in you. And that, Jesus, you made a way for us to lift the burdens that we carry by laying them on the altar and taking up your yoke. We ask that you touch our hearts and our minds and be with every single person that's on our minds today, Lord, that they can find rest in you and that they can be comforted and be calm and their minds can be put at ease because they can trust in you, Lord. And we ask that you honor our request and honor this congregation as we go out from today, Lord, and that we carry that thought with us that it's okay to take a day off. It's okay to find rest. It's okay to find enjoyment in life. 
because you have made such a beautiful world for us to live in, Lord, and we need to enjoy it. I ask that you comfort us and calm our minds and our hearts as we walk from this church, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.